0: Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. Radio voice.
0: You know uh, it's summer when they're rocking in Middletown.
1: It's the Rejunk Podcast. I'm your host Brian Kremko. I'll be doing something a little different tonight, today, whatever. We got. I have a special guest, Chris Taylor, who writes for the site. You're the resident metalhead,
0: right? I, I guess the key word is special there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've known you for a while. You uh, you played in you played in the band with all my other friends, so that's how we got to know each other. And then you, now you're writing for writing for the site occasionally. Well, yeah. every, we all write occasionally. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I write when. Uh, publicists wanna, you know, give us promos, hint hint.
1: Yeah, please. Uh so today's episode we're gonna be doing Hudson Valley bands and Orange County bands. I was mainly like Orange County kind of scene. I was like I didn't know all the bands from Hudson Valley, but mainly we went to the Chance Oh yeah. And other other smaller venues around around I, the area. But
0: I think uh I think I did the tally for for uh the chance and I think it was about 38 to 40 times i've been there
1: i can't even count i mean it was i mean it's probably that sounds about right
0: well i have i have uh, those giant ticket posters so every time i went i still have the ticket oh so I, I i counted them because that's that's what i do
1: i used to keep the ticket stubs but then i just eventually decided all right i have no more room i have to throw it out <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll have to put up, like, a like a photo when I get back to my place. But, uh, yeah, I have all my ticket stubs. Well, not all of them, just a good portion of the early years. I have them kind of uh, stuck to a poster board and put it up on my wall on these big, like, 36-inch uh, thingies.
1: So, I mean, what what music venues do you remember from, besides a chance in Hudson Valley of New York?
0: Well, I mean, I, I remember, uh, what was it, the skate park? I think it they called it the Avalon after a while I went there once and then there was another place I went around the street from the skate park because you're from New Windsor right yeah originally from New Windsor but um I think was it my senior year of high school great time to move I moved down to Rockland County so I know a lot about that scene and all those kind of bands like Coheed and Bulldoze and
1: so I thought Bulldoze was from New York City
0: it's weird because it's like it's like some of those like to, like Life of Agony, where they claim they're from Brooklyn, but Joey Z is actually from Havistraw.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been to a few shows at Newburgh, uh, the Avalon, uh, Newburgh Skate Park. Uh, I knew the guy who put on all the shows, Juan. Uh, he worked; he was a friend of a friend kind of thing. He worked with my friend at the Commons. So it's like sometimes like he would ask my friend, you know, oh, is this a good band? So like we would get some Scott. Ska- like, us and Jake, I think, played there. I think Memphis Coffley is an in Inspector 7. So I went to those shows. I don't remember going to any hardcore shows. Though I know Joey's Throwing Elbows played there. I was just like, that name... Because I mean I ended up doing a flyer for, for one of those shows, and I'm just, so Joey's Throwing Elbows, I'm like, that name is just awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though, because when you think of, like, shows in Newburgh, like, I always remember seeing 25 to Life, even though they weren't, like, a local band, like... I don't remember seeing him anywhere but up there.
1: I remember seeing him in my my college scene in and PA because they always played. I mean that hardcore scene was just awesome over there in uh, Northeast PA. They always played CC's Music PA and like I think I saw it was either Coming Correct or Twenty Five the Life. They played uh, like at some like Veterans Hall or something like that. And then Rick had his huge punk rock flea market
0: (laughs) let me tell you something that that whole flea market we got so much cool stuff from there and you know i know everybody thinks he's the big joke because he went and talked a bunch of crap about everybody but that guy was probably one of the best things because you know before the internet before kids could go buy stuff you would either have to find one of these things they referred to as distros or rick's flea market and that's where you would get that stuff
1: or the record store yeah yeah
0: yeah, in fact, um, I don't think if it, if it wasn't for Rick to Life's uh, flea market, I don't think Caven would have came into my little uh, going to shows click back in the day, and that's one of my favorite bands of all time.
1: Um, so, what other venue? I mean, did you ever go? Did you ever have shows at the downtown and Middletown?
0: You know, I never went there, and uh, there was another place because I think it was it was hard for me to find these places because this wasn't where I could just look it up on Google Maps on my phone. You had to like get Yahoo or MapQuest. There was other places. I think there was like the Eclipse too. That was another place in Middletown. It might have been the same that place. That sounds familiar. But it's uh, the only other venue I could think of. I mean, obviously we're talking about Middletown. I mean, you, you can't discredit the Speedway. I mean, that's where my first concert that's was. That's where my first
1: concert too. Guns N' Roses Aerosmith. Nice. And White Lion. White Lion Or Great White? No.
0: Great I, White Line.
1: Because I remember seeing Ozzy there Then the year after. And I think it was Great White. Or White Lion and Vixen and then Ozzy. But yeah, Fairgrounds was that was, that was the place to be. I, they're actually putting on more shows there, I guess. Yeah, they just, I just saw an article a couple of days ago saying oh, that uh, Vince Neal's gonna be playing. I
0: could go and back and relive my first. Yeah, concert.
1: They, they actually, someone from, I'm gonna say New Jersey, bought or like are taking over and trying out a few shows this summer, I think this, this month. So we'll see how that goes. It's better than having you know, like the loud Speedway stuff in the motors. Well,
0: it was weird. I was actually listening to a podcast where a guy said that he was like an intern helping them book, but the people that were booking the fairgrounds at the time, they didn't know. So they just said, well, what bands are hip and cool, and we'll book them. So this guy's naming off some shows that he went to. He's like, oh, yeah, I got Type O and Queen Strike. I'm like, oh, I was at that. That was, oh.
1: Yeah, I was always jealous of like my brother saw Metallica there, my older oh. brother's the Metallica one. And then there had to be other ones like Def Leppard or something like that. But it was like all the hair bands. I think like, my parents saw Huey Lewis or somebody saw Huey Lewis there. Yes. I was, yeah, it's like so that was like my main venue for a while until I started going to shows that the Chance of, like 96.
0: Is he not touring anymore? Did he like uh, Huey Lewis wasn't like hearing?
1: He, was? he, yeah, he's deaf, so it's like that's for the time being, until he can get like a maybe a good hearing aid and knows how to sing with it, but because yeah, I don't know how that will sound. It's just it's unfortunate because I really wanted to go see him when he did uh, the sports when they did the sports tour. I wanted to go see that, and it was like sold out like in Irving Plaza like two seconds.
0: He must have like a good racket because I think he did like the little casino up by me in Rhode Island. I heard like the casinos are good money.
1: Wait, oh, so he owns a casino?
0: No, like, uh, I guess, like, you see, like, they, they'll book lots of things. Oh, like, they'll play. Brett Michaels plays there. All I know is what is it I saw recently, I saw coming up in a few months, was that Hatebreed is going to play the Wolf's Den at Mohegan Sun. So,
1: A lot of bands play there. Carbon Lee plays there all the time, yeah.
0: I, I'm sure that'll be the last time they ever let him play, so I better get there and make sure that I see
1: that. <laughs> Like here, want, want to go to a free metal show? Or like okay, I guess so.
0: <laughs> they are gonna be tipping over <laughs> everything.
1: But what other clubs I mean, there was there were we were just talking about this beforehand. But there was one in Chester, which I saw you, your band, Call 14, with. Paul and Tom and all those guys played. Well, but I, I don't know what the name of the club was. I wouldn't
0: say I was in the band, but I was I was almost in... I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, well, that's where I met you, I think. Yeah, well, there was that in Media Play. Oh, well, like the Media Play guys. crew, yeah. Well, pretty much everybody in Media Play was in Call 14. <laughs> it, all right, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Like When they had the initial practice for that, I think it was like we went to go rehearse at this old um, summer house, and uh, I packed up all my bags And there was one bag I forgot when I got there, and it was all my cables. (laughs) So so that was a fun band practice.
1: Well, thankfully, we won't be playing Call 14 today. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, Let's get into some music right now. Um, Speaking of the downtown, that was actually the first time I saw Perfect Thyroid play. That was like my first introduction to ska in a way. I mean, even though they're like, they play skunk, like ska funk rock. But uh, they played like it was like one of those free event things where you, it was outside of the downtown parking lot in Middletown. So I went and saw them play like around June or something. So it was nice and hot. That was Lettuce Boy with Inspector Gat. Uh, they used to play a, a bunch of shows at the Chance, pretty much every show at the Chance. Uh, they broke up and then I think they got back together with a different lineup and then they broke up again. And then other members went on to Lounge and the Schematics. Um I don't really think they have too much music out besides the 7-inch, which one of the songs that I just played was from that. But before them was Conehead Buddha, a band from Coxsackie, New York, the town known for the kids' virus, which I very well know that that virus, that fucking thing, that... uh, but they kind of played like this hippie ska funk kind of thing. They were actually, they played one of the first ska shows that was at The Chance. So it was Let's Go Bowling, Sergeant Skegnetty, Conehead Buddha. But I, my brother ended up, my older brother ended up getting up that album. So I ended up listening to that a lot. So, But this is from the earlier album, Easter Island Vacation, I think it's called. Before them was the guys from Cooter with Me and You, another band that was played everywhere in Orange County and Hudson Valley. And then they were from Monroe, right? I think, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember we used to hang out, all the punk bands used to hang out, hanging out the Monroe Diner. Oh, yeah. It was the, diners were the hangouts of punks. (laughs) I didn't go to diners until I was like, after like college. I was like, oh, we can hang out here till two or three in the morning and eat. Oh, yeah. Gravy fries and get fat. Yeah, it was good times. Well, I remember (laughs)
0: it was like the first show I, I ever played in Middletown, um, we go out afterwards to the diner. I'm like, wow, is this how it's going to be? Everything? Everybody who played at the show is going to go to the diner? Like, no, the, don't don't get used to this.
1: With Americana or what was the other one? Um,
0: it, yeah, I think it was the Americana.
1: Yeah, that was our go-to one when everyone would get done with Media Play or Best Buy or wherever people were working at the time. Just go there afterwards. Then Cooter turned into Autopilot Off, which I'll be playing later. Cause I guess it was a lawsuit. I didn't even know about the lawsuit or anything. I thought they just changed their name because they wanted to be like, we, "All right, we're not going to get popular for names Cooter." <laughs> so like, sure, let the other band be be called Cooter, because I guess some band from some band from Mississippi, I guess, sued them.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like back in the day when you're naming bands, like you have a resource to look it up. You know, they they yeah. started obviously in like the early internet days when you search Yahoo and you just get a bunch of really bad links up front. <laughs>
1: I can't imagine naming a band. It's got to be so hard. I mean, it's hard enough naming a website. Going to read Junk, like I didn't want to name it that, but it just now I'm just stuck with it because <laughs> it's like Skull Punk and other junk and Read Magazine, and let's just merge them together, and that's what it's called.
0: Well, it's it's always weird when you're naming things. I remember the last band I was in, you know. um I forgot. I think I wanted to call the band Bind, because I was like, man, that looks sick, like an old-school, like, hardcore shirt, just Bind. And then we did research, and there was, like, 37 bands that had that name. And somehow the other guy conned me into, uh, yeah, let's just, you know, Bind has something to do with a bird's wing or something like that, and then he went with Pinion. And then I later found out that there was another band in New England that had the name, but they were inactive during the period when we weren't active, so I guess that makes it okay.
1: I guess, like... Opinion, Volume 2. <laughs> Before Cooter was Lounge, which they were one of the bands that I actually liked listening to. I mean, have you ever seen Lounge or Cooter and all those guys?
0: I've, I've probably seen Cooter yeah. at one point in time.
1: But Lounge seemed to play, play at the Chance a lot, too. Um, but I, I kind of liked, out of all the, the poppy punk bands, they were the ones that I can tolerate, I guess, the most. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying like,
0: to remember if it was autopilot off or if it was Matchbook Romance that I think they saw them at that place in Chester, opening for Taking Back Sunday. And uh, I don't know. It was one of those days where I wasn't. I I got dragged to the show and I was like, "Well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be an ass." And I just go,
1: "Slayer!"
0: And then all oh, of a sudden, you're one of those people. Yeah, but but <laughs> so I said it, and then all of a sudden they launched into South of Heaven, and I was like, "Well." I guess that prophecy has been fulfilled, and I never have to shout that ever again.
1: Well, you could do the the go to one and doing Free Bird. <laughs> oh no! I've I've heard that at, at at shows before, and it didn't go well. <laughs> God,
0: what if they actually play it? You're you're like, you're uh, in for like nine minutes of agony right there, man.
1: I guess it's, that's better than screaming American Pie. Oh, it's like it's every time, long long time ago, like click.
0: <laughs> yeah what was it the place in chester i'm trying to remember more about it like i remember it had like pool tables there i, mean, I remember
1: it used to be an arcade
0: yeah. before it
1: would turn into a music venue because i remember playing air hockey and stuff there when i was little
0: let me see the other bands i saw there was like i guess some bands from uh rocklin and westchester and north jersey um like uh, what was it number 12 looks like you before they I guess kind of blew up nationally, and was it? I was friends at the time with all the guys in Sawtooth Grin. They were like a grindcore band. I don't know. It was really weird. Like you know, you come from Orange County where everything seems a lot more like rooted and like hardcore and stuff like that, and then you go to Rockland County, like the quote unquote Nyack scene, was very artsy, which was weird because I was more of a straight up metal and hardcore guy. So I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like they were always like on a weird, different trip and stuff like that.
1: You were straight edge, or no?
0: Back in the day, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, now I'll have an occasional beer, but, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm the only one left. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're better off, trust me.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'll drive, you know. You guys want to, that's fine. Like, I'll go to bars and stuff, but I don't feel like being like, no, well, I mean, get that down- poison away from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there's downsides. I mean, I could, I could probably share a story about loading out from a club once, but I'm not sure that this is uh, – that's G-rated enough for this podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think. Was there any shows at at Paramount Theater? It's like that seemed like a big theater that didn't really have any big bands. It was always like they would have like one show a year in Middletown.
0: I, I don't think I don't think they they had our kind there.
1: Yeah, I think it was like the big. I, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like it's such a classic theater, but they never had never put on any shows there. I always thought Middletown would be a great middle point between. New York City and Poughkeepsie. It's like Newburgh for a while, but then it was like there was nothing really in Middletown. Like sometimes there was like there was a show in Walden, I yeah. think, and then New Pulse and Woodstock, but I, I really went to those. Um, I think I went to SUNY New Pulse once for a ska show that I won on the radio show. I think I called up a one tickets or something.
0: Well, it's weird because you, you had like stores. Like I remember in a while in Newburgh, like I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Like there was, uh, what was it, Big Boy Records?
1: Deadly. Oh yeah, yeah. and Marbell. because yeah. my brother, my my brother lived right down the road, so I used to go there. I'm like, oh, this shit's overpriced, but <laughs> I,
0: I, yeah, I would. I <laughs> you got to stay a, in business somehow. Like I that. would give anything to go back there. I remember one time we were driving to a chance we hadn't been there in a while, and we drove by and they were like packing up. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my fault for stopping to go. But I think it, this is
1: a shit location.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, the
1: f- also the you know the rise of downloading too. Sorry. Well,
0: what was it like? You know, when you have that, and then you also had, um, you know, Rock Fantasy still there. Rock
1: Fantasy, yeah. I are they know. still? Are they still there?
0: I yeah, I think so.
1: Are they just selling pinball machines? Is that what it's, is they have? Like a pinball hey, thing?
0: Uh, pinball machines and pop bongs. That's, that's, that's yeah, their, yeah. That's their money.
1: I used to yeah, I used to take rides up there because it was either go to Media Play where they didn't have the album, or try Rock Fantasy, or. Do the long drive to vintage final, which you still go to, right?
0: I, I was tempted to go to it today, but I said y- you, you got to stop.
1: Did they still have the record albums in Beach Haven? You were just there, so it's.
0: You know, I didn't. I didn't see them. That was always
1: like the. Where is it? The uh, museum village? Or, no, that's not, that's Monroe. What the hell is it? The Bay, Bay Village. Bay that's what. Yeah. Bay Village. Yeah. No, I didn't see any of that. Because they used to have record stores. I'm like, oh, they sometimes they would have like cool imports, so I'd go get some stuff there. Did, have you ever seen any shows at, at Beach Haven?
0: Actually, it's weird. When we were driving down the street, we saw some people, you know, tr- playing a, like a private party, and I wanted to kick out the gyms and just hop off the bike, you know, rip a solo, and then get back on and just go. <laughs> drop,
1: drop the mic and leave. Yeah, my my parents and we were we weren't old enough. That I think it was at the the catch or something like that. They had the Toasters play, oh, nice. and my parents and and my, and my uncle went in, and because we couldn't, we were in twenty one, so we were kind of like just hanging out in the parking lot listening. <laughs> And then finally, when we were 21, there was some band called the Ernie's play at another venue in Beach Haven, but... I've seen them. The Ernie's? That is weird. Did they play at Beach Haven or somewhere else?
0: It was probably... I want to say, because my family gravitated towards Beach Haven like... I don't know. We
1: weren't at the same show, were
0: we? <laughs> it's possible. I remember. Yeah, I think it was the Ernies, and at one point they're they're playing and they let us like strum their guitars. There was
1: only a few people there, and we were all kind of skanking. And then like they, they're, they're a band that like they played ska music, but they didn't want to be associated with ska, or like they wanted to be was like they wanted to be more like a three eleven type. <laughs> I guess they still play shows every once in a while. So I was like looking them up recently. I'm like, wait, I remember that band. All right, let's get back to some music now. Um, what the hell's next? Oh, this is 99 Cents, Odd Man Out. These guys, I think they were from Goshen, I think. But they used to play the Avalon a bunch. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to see them walking around. I'm like, hey, it's a guy from that band.
0: That place, <laughs> I, that place was weird, too, because you'd go to the shows, right? And like, for those that don't know or don't you know, have forgotten since, you'd be watching the show and there'd be people skateboarding around you. So yeah. you'd always have that uh, that risk of getting hit by a skateboard, <laughs> not just being hit in the pin.
1: That's kind of similar to uh, yeah. I've been to definitely shows where it was at skate parks. I kind of like that. I also the one that I used to go to all the time in Wayne, New Jersey was Skater's World. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like you go you can go roller skating or you can play pinball and video games. I'm like I've been playing with like playing video games next to all of my friends and fans and stuff. It was awesome. I don't, know, I, I don't know what the hell happened to that club, club but it kind of kind of fizzled out towards the early 2000s. It seems like a lot of our scene did fizzle out towards the 2000s for me, I, or maybe I just grew out of, of some of the music.
0: Well, it's weird because I drove by uh, Elizabeth, uh, New Jersey, uh, where they had uh, Rex Bless.
1: E-Town! <laughs> yeah, E-Town.
0: <laughs> and... Uh, That's where I saw the infamous Hellfest 2004, which was the last time they held that festival in America. For those who don't know, I know there's a Hellfest in France, but this is different. Uh, This was one that was started upstate New York in Syracuse, and it was mainly like hardcore and punk, but then it kind of got a little more metalized over the years. And they had this giant festival And, uh, it was at this place, Rexplex, it was like an indoor park and they had like soccer fields and stuff like that. And it was just a, it was just such a weird thing. Like six bands into the first day, some dude jumped from like the rafters and shattered both his legs, which is probably why we can't have those anymore. And I just remember like uh, it was Saturday night, kill switch engage was headlining and people are like windmilling and spin kicking and people are getting laid out. They're going in with the, with the stretchers. And people are windmilling Jesus. around around the ambulance people. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is I used to
1: be the guy that would just start the pit and then quickly get the fuck out. Ignite. <laughs> because I was like, I'd get like claustrophobic. I'm like, get away from me. So I started like just moving my hands around <laughs> like at Birch Hill and like I remember oh. the Chance because the Chance, like, I would always wish they would just open up that that middle le- level, like the one not in the pit, but the one next. Yeah. I wish they would just open that up because it's like it's the layout of It's so stupid.
0: Well, they they've made it worse now because well no they're the
1: photo pit and this little photo pit that you can't even go in the photo pit you have to like climb into it to get into it oh, cause, I think
0: because they put the they had the barricades I remember when they were yeah. on and it was like the stage would come up to like your it was the stage trip. was so
1: high yeah
0: well that's it, because that's one of those things that I've noticed this since I've gone around um, you know a lot of these like uh, venues are like older converted like theaters and stuff like that so like that place was never designed to have like Sebastian Bach play there
1: <laughs> but yeah, that Poughkeepsie still brings the people out when metal like these hair metal bands and I like that and hardcore but well, I go to a ska show like no one's there
0: well it's weird because like in the older like tour routing days the reason why it's called the chance I don't know if a lot of people know this but trivia it used to be referred to as the last chance saloon which was chance, because yeah. yeah that would be like the last, you know, night of the tour that, uh, you know, for for whatever bands are going through. And I think that's actually the venue that like Aerosmith kind of came to, uh, had their come to Jesus moment of, hey, uh, that was that period of time when they kicked out um, both guitarists. And I guess they both showed up to the show or something like that. Oh, I didn't they even had, know that. Yeah, they had one tour like in the early 80s without Brad and Joe. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's a weird time.
1: But so that would always be the last stop on the tour. That's why they called it the chance.
0: Yeah, you used to be able to see it. It's probably long since painted over. But I remember when I first went there, you could still see like where it said the the remnants of the La- last chance saloon. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely been there for ages. I just wish they would put some money into it and make a little bit. But I mean, I that's, guess people got to go to shows to put money into it. That's
0: like that's like every venue. I, it's weird, you know.
1: I, I feel like the balcony is gonna fall down when certain, like, well, I saw Flogging Molly there once, and just felt like I was in the balcony. I was like, oh shit, this thing's gonna go. <laughs>
0: well, I remember seeing Guar there for the first time, and uh, somebody jumped from the balcony down to the floor.
1: Wow, I was I saw Guar there too, and. I am like oh like I'm like with Chris and I'm like let's go up in the balcony and I'm like we'll be we should be safe, <laughs> and then I'm I'm like oh this is a good spot and I go look down and there's a like a poo catapult that's aimed right towards towards us I'm like oh let's move over a little bit. <laughs> I remember seeing Guar a few times there I and mean, they they played with I think Mephiscopheles. that was like oh my god that was the first time I saw him because I was like oh my god, I gotta go see Mephiscopheles and Guar. So I was a huge metalhead, and before I did punk and ska and stuff like that, so Gwar was definitely the, the band to see.
0: Well, they they always kind of had like when you go back to the early days, they had more of a punk twinge on it. It didn't sound like it was straight up metal.
1: Yeah, like the Time for Death song or a song or album, one of those. But yeah, the earlier stuff. But yeah, I, all the, I like it all the same.
0: It's so weird, like, you know, I saw Guar last on uh, Warp Tour last summer, seeing them outdoors. That was actually the second time. With today. the new lineup, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I still have a, I still have a saved email from when I uh, emailed Dave Rocky to get on a photo pass. So, it's like kind of, like, bums me out when I see it sometimes. But I'm like, yeah, I'll save it. Um, they added me on LinkedIn before he died, too. And it's um, kind of weird. I'm like, all right, I mean, I talked to you once. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> hey. hey, we're back. That was All Out War with Burning Season. For me, I think they're one of the top bands in our in our area, the well, Hudson Valley.
0: Can you name a better band out of Newburgh, New York?
1: Uh,
0: so, yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's weird because like, I remember because I was going to school up there because I lived in New Windsor, and we went to school in Newburgh because it was in the greater Newburgh school district. I don't know what's so great about that. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> there always used to be these legends. There was this one kid that we knew um, – last name was Antonelli and they all used to rehearse on this one street and we used to hear about this band All Out War and uh you know we didn't I didn't think that they were gonna be like one of my favorite you know bands you know from Hudson Valley Hardcore but you know always used to be the things you know we'd see them at the Chance and stuff and then uh if you had the privilege of driving through Newburgh you used to be able to see the All Out War car. Oh really? Yeah it was just it was just some weird broken down car that had like All Out War written in graffiti
1: was I, it their, their van, or was it just some random car that had wall, all the war on it?
0: You know, I never know. I mean, I've never seen it at a gig. I just always knew that it was somewhere in Newburgh. It might still be there.
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Newburgh will be gentrified at some point. I just... I think, maybe I in think 20 years.
0: I saw that they're trying to do like a restoration thing because they're, you know...
1: On the waterfront, I think it's nice, but yeah. everywhere else is kind of still... It's just,
0: it's it's hard because it's like when you when you go because, of, you know, I've traveled a lot, especially like up and down. Like, uh, I know for my work, we sometimes go out to Albany. And it's like, unfortunately, when you head up the Hudson Valley, there's a lot of kind of that weird kind of abandoned funk that you get and it doesn't matter what town you're in you're gonna see like the old abandoned buildings where people moved on and
1: sooner or later those buildings will turn into fancy restaurants and the developers will get a hold of it look at jersey city now so it's oh yeah um before that we heard beefcake which i guess they're one of the i don't know if i ever saw them live but i know that they played all over the place uh towards the 2000s and I don't know if they played in 99, like 99. Or, and then before that was Autopilot Off. And then uh, a Scott band, What's Your Problem, Brian, which I'm friends with those guys now. So was, they just reunited a few years ago for Apple Stomp. Um, one of the guys in the band works for Live Nation. So he books all the shows at Gramercy Theater. And he used to do Bronx Underground. I don't know if they still do the Bronx. I think they shut down uh, Operation, I guess at Bronx but
0: Yeah, I think uh 2008 we were trying we were trying to get a show there and I think it was like there was either some weird thing about getting on there and we couldn't we couldn't pull it off. Oh really?
1: Yeah. You guys weren't good enough they didn't make the cut. <laughs> we
0: probably weren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we played uh we played a place in the city. Oh, what was it? Um uh the place we had the rejunk party at. Oh, uh, Otto's. Yeah, we played there twice. I think the first time we drew four people. <laughs>
1: Autos is such a weird—it's such a weird club, but it's it's so tiny. But
0: but it's 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 a fun place. I mean, once you get people in there, because I think the yeah. second time we, we I guess we were playing good and people liked it, so they kept gravitating towards the back room. We're like, yay! <laughs> but not when we did that. When we did the reach joke party, that was fun. Though. Yeah, it
1: was a, just the right size. Of I thought there'd be more people there, but some people like bailed at the last minute. But yeah, it was fun though. Yeah, like, it was fun time.
0: George, they're, they're so great. Well, I mean that's lineup changes now right yeah they
1: have lineup changes yeah i know they listen to the podcast I did a few days ago with roger yeah just talking about yeah it's just, it seemed like they just change up the, the lineup all the time but they had they had the one lineup going for a while but i'm trying to think what else we can talk about
0: i guess we can talk about the whole like weird Nyack thing um
1: what's the weird Nyack thing
0: because i mean i don't know it's weird there was a uh There was this one one place there, it was called the Nyack Center, and it had two different things. It was the Nyack Center was the building, but they would have an after-school program called the Back Door. And this was like a Nyack schools thing, but I guess it's more of a greater thing. So the idea was on a Friday night, you know, kids can't go to bars, so they'll go see this. So it wasn't always a show, but sometimes it was, sometimes it was a drum circle, or sometimes it was a poetry reading, but uh, Coheed and Cambria actually got their start there as Shibuti. Wait,
1: what was their name? Shibuti. Shibuti. Is that like a... I remember thinking of like Family Guy and they were singing Shabuki, Shabuki, <laughs> Shabuki.
0: No, I don't, I don't know where it came from, but it was just weird. Like, I remember going in there like at least once or twice when they were playing, and there was like 30 people there, and it's like mind blowing thinking that they're playing like PNC Bank this summer, the theater down there. Yeah, they're
1: th- I, I guess without a doubt, they are the most popular band in our area, well, like the it- Hudson Valley.
0: Yeah, I mean it's weird because I remember the first time like I found out about them changing the name uh, it was actually the first show I ever played in between the fairgrounds and what is now Alto Music. It was like a roller skating rink at the time, and uh, we're we're getting there, and uh, but there's all these other bands like Sawtooth Grin and a lot of other bands, and there's this, and they're like, oh yeah, Shabuti's playing, but then I see these T-shirts, <laughs> yeah, I see these T-shirts. It's like it's a radio. And then it says Coheating Cambria, and I remember like you know we were really friendly. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we went to the diner afterwards, and uh, I remember like we're we're riding back, and I'm like, man, how douchy was with that one band, Coheating Cambria? They didn't even play, and they had T-shirts. And then the guy the guy in my band explained to me, well. They're getting courted by Equal Vision Records, and they're being—they were asked to change their name, and so yeah. So technically, the first uh, show I ever played for uh, was Coheed and
1: Canberra. I don't think I ever saw them until they were on the Warped Tour. I. My friends were into him. I'm like, because it wasn't really my thing. I for, for a while I thought the singer sounded like a girl. I thought I thought I thought it was female. It's, it's the same thing with Rush. I'm like, I thought Geddy Lee sounded like a female. Well, I'm like, oh wait, that's a dude. Oh okay.
0: Well, fun <laughs> trivia about Claudio uh, because uh, I went to Nyack High School for a year and he was in one of my classes and he dressed like a weirdo. Um, I don't know, like it, one, was, you it, know, it was do. like a weird hippie thing. Like they wore like I don't know if it's like.
1: Belt, like bell bottoms yeah no.
0: something weird like that he had dreadlocks it was really weird but yeah no just seeing them kind of rise up it was interesting because i didn't think that they were like a big national act i'd seen them at the warp tour but it wasn't until i saw them open for thrice and thursday at roseland and i was just like wow
1: like hey i know that guy Hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. It was weird because I, the, how I knew that show was bigger was when I was walking in, we had to, you know, when for those that don't remember Roseland, you'd have to line up around the block, around the building. And oh, as God, a, that was annoying. Oh, you know, yeah. But, like, as I'm going by, I'm seeing all these Nyack people. I'm like, wait, why isn't that person on the guest list? That guy actually sang on the first album. Why does he have to wait online?
1: <laughs> It's like I, I, I had I had like a love hate thing with Rosalind. It's like some shows it was great and you know, some of it I just couldn't see anything.
0: Oh, it was it was that weird thing too, when you'd be standing there like waiting for the band to come on, all of a sudden they come on, everybody just push you forward.
1: Yeah. And like I go just I'd end up just going all the way in the back. It was a huge fucking club too, but uh, it just was like the sight lines and it was, I would get too hot I it would go stand on the sides when I, on the benches, like the chairs, like that was usually the go-to spot I would try to go for. And if not, I'm like, oh shit, not to go in the crowd.
0: Well, it was, I guess it was easy because, you know, we're from, we were from upstate and stuff like that. You know, I guess technically that makes us bridge and Tunnel kids.
1: Yeah, definitely. I so, mean,
0: but it was like easy to get to because you just shoot down. What was that? Like 50 seconds? It was like in 50 somethings. Yeah. yeah. And they had that sweet parking garage, you know, at early on where you could just go park it yourself and then they tore it down and you had to hand your keys off
1: to somebody. I don't remember that. I don't remember parking. My, I mean, my venue in the city was the wetlands. I mean, that oh, was, yeah. that was, you just drive all the way down and like, oh, we're getting close to the World Trade Center and, you know, kind of thing. And just park it. It's like on Sundays it would be good because it would be like not, I guess, free parking or something. I don't know, but... Yeah, Wetlands was that was the place to be for ska shows for me.
0: It's weird because when you talk about like the early like things for like punk and hardcore in New York City, it's like people don't really you know put attention to clubs like Wetlands and some of the other places. they like their first thing is all like CBGBs, and it's like I think,
1: Coney Island High, I and then uh, the Tramps was one. I don't the Cooler. I don't think I've ever been to the Cooler though. But those are the those are the, three, the Wetlands. Yeah, the, those were the ones. The big. What ones. What was the one that was the church? Oh, that was the Limelight?
0: Limelight, yeah, that's it.
1: That is now, like, it was Grimaldi's Pizza and, like, fancy stores now. I'm like...
0: <laughs> well, it's so it's so weird. Like, I remember, like, uh, passing by the last time I was in the city when uh, when that one club that Andrew W.K. owned for a little bit.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think. It's, it was downtown by Chinatown?
0: Yeah, it's. I guess it's no longer, but I passed by. San- Santos Party House, that's yeah, it. That's yeah, that's it. But I remember passing by CBGBs and just seeing that John Verbado sign. And I'm like, I saw Converge there, man. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, let's get back to some music. Uh, I don't even know where the hell I am. Uh, I think we're playing the Schematics now. They were the band that kind of after Lettuce Boy, they would kind of play a bunch of chance shows that I would see. Some of their songs are decent. I, it was really kind of hard trying to find music for them. I, th- I found it on YouTube. <laughs> Thanks to YouTube and like a few other like Orange County uh, punk and hardcore compilations for the music for this podcast today because it was kind of rough trying to find some stuff. And that was Matchbook Romance. I guess they were another popular band. That, I mean, I didn't like them, but.
0: Well, they, I, if I remember correctly, they, I guess they got some kind of national notoriety because. They were they- an epitaph. Yeah, they I did do remember seeing their video on Fuse. There was a period of time when Fuse was like kind of cool to like uh, punk and metal. You know,
1: I yeah they had both. certain shows. Yeah, the guy that the guys that do I think going off um, track podcast. One of the guys did stuff something on Fuse uh, before that. I don't know what is Fuse even still a station anymore.
0: I think it just shows like. Uh, like bad UPN reruns. Because
1: a few years ago they had the Warped Tour reality thing that was good. I used to watch oh, like that. The backs- the yeah, no the backstage FX and the NoFX one too. Yeah, those those were good. Say I wish. Say I wish MTV would do something like I think MTV owned Fuse, but or maybe it was MSG. But the MSG owned Fuse. Okay. It was like it was like an offshoot. But I wish MTV would do. I mean, if they want to get back to a rebranding and stuff, doing this reality shit, but do reality stuff. That's based around music instead of like the hills and like things that they did back then. It's like I kind of wish they would do something like that. They would focus on. I always had like, like Bam Margera's show. You know, had bands on it and stuff. That was fun and like Jackass. But
0: did you did you see the other day? Uh, I guess it went a little viral. I guess this was like maybe a month ago. Hulk Hogan tweeted out that he thought Bam Margera died, so he just put damn Bam.
1: Oh <laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, he, I guess he was close to it, but the way I mean, he's still not over the death of Ryan was it Ryan Dunn that passed away somebody somebody
0: actually made t-shirts of the Hogan tweet just said damn damn
1: but besides I mean matchbook romance I never really got into them I think it was kind of they got popular right and plus they were kind of like whiny emo kind of thing like, a, I I feel like the emo scene kind of ruined our scene, the punk and hardcore scene. I feel like it kind of, everything fizzled, fizzled out when emo came around.
0: Well, you hit those weird things where even in, like, 2004, like, when, when I look back at that time with Hellfest, like, every band there kind of had that same formulaic thing where it was like, you know, they'd have the harsh, screamy verses.
1: And then they'd, they start singing. Yep.
0: And then chug, 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 yeah. cheap breakdown. I
1: believe we call that Screamo, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the Screamo Emo era, I think, which just kind of turned me off to the whole... I mean, I growing up in like the late 90s and the early 2000s, I I didn't like a lot of the bands that I'm, I'm playing today because I was like, I wanted to hear ska, and they would be put on the same bill as a lot of the ska shows, like all the pop-punk bands. And it's like you kind of, you see him enough that it's like, oh, these guys aren't bad if they played a punk show. But the chance would just throw all these local bands on... And have one good headliner. And it's like, uh, then you got to sit through four fucking bands, which I can't stand when it's like four openers.
0: Well, th- th- that was the thing that I. They were famous for that. It'd be like one national. Well, I guess as you know, not from the area, yeah. and they just have four bands. It was weird because I always used to have this thing where I always wanted to play the chance because I wanted to be like I can play better than those bands. Because for some reason, when I was little, younger, like I thought that you played bills on based on talent. It's like no, you, this this band could sell close to fifty tickets. Yeah, it's, a, on the it's bill.
1: a ticket. Was it called pay for pay for play system? I guess that they do, and yeah. a lot of other clubs do. I
0: remember. One of my friends' bands, they played. Uh, what was it like when they when they brought in the loft and stuff like that? I think they sold like 40 tickets, and uh, you had to sell all 50 tickets to get paid. And they're like, "Oh, you only sold 40 tickets, and now you're not playing the show."
1: So many dickish things. Just, it's like I would love to run a club and do it the right way, but I don't know then, the then first you, thing about. Yeah, then you'd be bankrupt. Yeah, then I'd be bankrupt. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd say like, oh, all right, well, we had one show. <laughs> Um, besides we besides matchbook romance, we played a band called next to nothing from Monroe. I kind of, they kind of warmed up to me after, I mean, I warmed up to them after a while. I've seen them a few times. I'm like, these guys done all right. Um, another band I would hang out at the Monroe diner. And then before them was, oh, then the naked citizens. I think I never got into those guys. I think it was a little after my time of the early two thousands of caring about our scene. But, um, I think this trumpet player went on the, being a band called the Wendells and then they put on the big orange Bonanza which happens to be that you still you worked for that uh, that, well, that, that festival right
0: no nah, so I, I wouldn't say that I worked for the festival um I had a friend that he did live sound so um I would help him out every now and then like most of the time he did like North Jersey cover bands but then he told me he's like you know I don't know if you're gonna like the music but I got this gig doing like a punk and ska festival and I was like Hey punk, it's close to hardcore. I can deal yeah. with this. I didn't realize what we were gonna be in for. We ended up getting there like we did sound for the main stage, and uh, the generator didn't work. And the kids that put on the festival, they didn't know how to turn it on, so we had to get a guy come in. So we were like an hour and a half like late. So we start up. You know, it was weird to me just because you know I I don't know like I have these weird hang-ups on things like so learning how to mic horns was weird to me i'm like well i'm like well they can move it around so what do i have to move the stand around for them and then there was another band where a guy played a ukulele and i'm like, come on that's not even a real instrument
1: that was king Django, yes <laughs> oh
0: so i guess i guess maybe i should go into this whole thing so there was another band there i don't know if i want to say their name
1: yeah yeah you don't have to if you don't want they're probably to. not
0: even a band anymore but uh <clears throat> i I didn't know about this, I guess one of my other friends told me about this whole thing where uh I guess there was oh I think I know the
1: band you're talking about uh, yeah. they were from, they were from what the fuck's their name Flaming tsunamis. yes, that's it I, don't I didn't like them. people loved them I was I mean they put on a fun show, but I remember getting yeah, there was
0: well somebody I had a friend that told me I guess there was like a smaller minor movement within like that whole thing where there was they would miss Scott and like converge for some reason
1: it was weird yeah
0: like uh was it i guess was it choking victim i guess one of those kind of bands
1: another band i never really got into yeah it's like crust punk kind of stuff yeah so ska punk
0: so these kids they're they're playing and i'm like okay this is a little weird i'm like what are they playing ska just to make their parents happy that you know <laughs> so so then all of a sudden they start getting into this i'm like well it's kind of cool but it's kind of it kind of feels a little poserish to me but so halfway through their set, one of the one of the bigger guys, I guess, that, that came with them, he's bringing in these jugs. And I'm like, what what's in these jugs? Turns out it was um, some kind of uh, confectionery, uh, you know, fake blood. So for the, we were talking about Guar earlier. Yeah, really. Now, the difference between Guar and these guys is Guar will go out and they'll put plastic over the monitors. And, On the
1: bouncers. <laughs>
0: yeah. And they actually clean up after that. These guys didn't. So they start spitting up blood all over everything, all the monitors, and oh, uh, the uh, that, yeah. the nice um, $600 wireless microphone. So they, they're done, and they're all like, yeah, we had a great set. We're like, you just spit blood all over these cables and monitors. Oh. And I was nervous because—
1: Were they ruined?
0: <clears throat> um, it took them like a week and a half to get them actually clean. I felt wow. bad you know dave dave's dave the sound guy is real nice guy and i I felt bad because he was really pissed about it but whatever i mean he (laughs) did get paid but we we had like for the for the later acts in the bill like king jongo um i'm trying to think of the other guys
1: well one of the smaller bands i played with there that is probably the most popular band i played it was the Menzingers. i mean they played now they're like huge
0: they might have, yeah, they might have played after them, but I just remember King Django was coming up. And he played,
1: us, he played close to last, and like Westbound Train played
0: yeah, Westbound Train, and then there was um, the other band. I see them play up in Massachusetts at the middle at the Middle East all the time.
1: I'm trying to think of what other bands. I I wonder if there was a website that had all these photos that I took. <laughs> <laughs> plug plug plug. But,
0: but no, like we're 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 getting ready we have the stage plot for for King Django and uh King Django King Django 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 King Django Unchanged yeah no and I'm nervous because I'm looking at the guy and he doesn't he doesn't look like the kind of guy that you want to piss off so I'm standing here with a $600 wireless microphone it's covered in blood and I'm like oh my god I have to clean this up or this guy's gonna you know, have our heads. So we're trying our best to clean it up, and he comes up and he's trying to sound check things, and he's got this look like we, we've already lost this battle, you know, like there's, there's nothing we're gonna do good. So I'm in the bathroom, you know, while everybody else is doing things, trying to clean off this microphone, and it's like one of those hey, you're probably wondering how I got here. One of those moments, but after that, everybody else was pretty good. Uh,
1: Wait, yeah. did the Slackers play there?
0: Yeah, the Slackers. That was the other. I
1: I don't think I saw them. I think I had like a m- huge migraine. and ended up leaving. Well, I think I saw Westbound Train and King Django were the last bands I saw.
0: Yeah, there. King Django played, then Westbound Train played, and then, there wasn't
1: uh, that many pe- people there. I was like, this was supposed to be this. Like he was like bu- he, the guy that put on the show was like building up it's like oh this could be a huge festival as i like, come out and shoot it i'm like oh okay i'm like i got nothing going on it's like right up the road in like circleville or yeah. somewhere it that random park. Yeah. yeah it's like some park kind of thing so i'm like all right i'll go and uh but then i get there and i'm like there's not that i mean it was kind of spread out all over the place so it's kind of hard to tell
0: well he probably never had another one of those right
1: i looked it up and it's it apparently they had one in 2013 but I, I don't know if it was in Circleville. Maybe it was. But I don't know if it was any ska bands. But it was like, it seems like it's something they do. You know, for just with the Hudson Valley bands and stuff. I
0: can't imagine that could have been like too much of a good guarantee for the band. I mean, like they had it in say, hey, you're gonna give me X amount of dollars. That's that's why I'm like, hey, you probably never had it again. I don't know. It was weird because after they finished up. Um, like uh, the slackers when they finished, they actually, I, I was really impressed with them because, you know, it was like one of those things, like it was getting dark out and they were like, they were like walking around the crowd with the horns and stuff like yeah. that. The crowd was really into it. That Well, whatever left was left of the crowd. Yeah. It was like an all-day thing, too. Oh, yeah. In in
1: the sun, yeah.
0: Well, I remember, like, we're packing up, you know. Everybody, you know, usually when you go to a show, your show ends. You just walk out and leave. It's like sound people, if you're doing it in the middle of a giant field, you have to roll up cables and stuff like that, especially once they're still soaked from blood from the flaming (laughs) tsunamis. Thanks, guys. But, like, we're sitting there, and, uh, you know, the weather was nice all day, except you could hear a little bit of thunder in the distance Oh. and you were like oh crap I've never rolled up cables faster in my entire life when all of a sudden it was like boom boom like really loud we get there we're rolling up the cables all of a sudden it's like oh crap get everything we wedged everything in the truck we shut the doors on the truck it starts downpouring
1: that <laughs> was close yeah,
0: yeah. I, I tell you man I don't <clears throat> miss rolling up cables but you know
1: how long did you do the sound stuff for
0: it was I mean it was just it was um whenever he needed me. Um I'm trying to think what the name of that water park was in Jersey. I think it was the former Action Park. It was like Mountain something. Mountain Creek. Mountain Creek. Yeah. Yeah, he did a couple of live shows there with uh My with, first Warp tour was there. Oh, really? In 96
1: or 95, one of those. I guess like Plain blink 2 and it was weird like going on some of the rides and it was like, Oh, there's Angelo Fishbone and No Effects going on the rides. <laughs> I
0: think the Misfits played there too.
1: I don't know if they played that one, but they probably played there I remember I think, yeah, I seeing think, flyers for them playing at Action yeah, Park, yeah. That
0: was during the Michael Graves era. Obviously. I gotta
1: see that Johnny Knoxville movie, that Action Point, that's all oh. about Action Park, yeah. But they can't call it that. I don't know if it's any good, but it looked fun. He did all the stunts. He's like,
0: This is probably just an excuse, like, hey, we need some kind of a premise to do a bunch of stunts. Hey, yeah. let's just make this move.
1: But yeah, I, as far as, that was like the only big ska fest that I can think of that was ska in quotations fest that was in our area, I guess. I don't but,
0: think they did anything else in no. the chance, though. I remember Skate Park 1 put on like a hardcore festival, which basically must have been an easy book because it was every band that just played New England Metal Fest the day before.
1: But I mean, the Chance had some, they had like certain tours would come and stop by. And then sometimes they'd do great because they would have like Lesson Jake or one of the bigger ska bands on. And then early 2000s, we saw English Beat and maybe there's maybe like 50 people there. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why don't people come out not come off the shows i'm like there's got to be expats in poughkeepsie like jamaicans obviously and like you go to a reggae concert at the chance there's a ton of people but for certain bands it just won't come out sometimes it's just timing frustrating Yeah.
0: yeah i mean it's like if you have everybody wants to go to a show on saturday night but bands can't just tour exclusively on saturdays you know and stuff doesn't work that way
1: yeah all right, let's get back into some music. Um, this is going to be the more angrier stuff that you kind of listen to still. I kind of grew out of the metal and hardcore. Unless I'm like at the gym or something and pissed off in the car, like then I'll put on like Hatebreed or Madball or something like that. Coming correct. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, what Gnostic Front does. Gnostic Front. Yeah, basically. It's Rick- all it's New York hardcore that's got the same...
0: Yeah, Rick, Rick to life basically ripped his whole shtick off of Roger Merritt. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was Bulldoze. Um, they were from New York City, but you said they were from Rockland, right?
0: I think he had a record label that was based out of New City. Cause, um, I th- actually, I remember having Hate Breeds Under the Knife was released, I think, on his record label, and that was through New City.
1: Oh, uh, Okay. I remember seeing them at CC's and music PA uh, after he just got out of prison. So like, I don't even know. I don't even know that story. But like my, my friend Frank was like, oh, "Yeah, that guy just got out of prison." I'm like, "Oh, I, right, I guess I should take some photos of those guys."
0: Well, it was weird because they played one show up in Rockland uh, with Coheed and Cambria. I know that sounds completely bizarre, but. Kind of
1: differed demos a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was weird because it was during that time period, I, I guess, I didn't go, which was weird because the show was maybe like five minutes over the hill for me, but something went went foul, and this the story is that Bulldoze beat up the entire bar and Coheed too. so that's why there were no more shows at Shots in Orangeburg. Thanks, Bulldoze. And <laughs> I don't know. I think that might have actually been the last time Coheed actually played in Rockland.
1: Wow. You think they would come back and play like some kind of like a welcome back kind of thing. And I don't know where you can play, though. Well,
0: it's weird because I always used to remember there was always this old lineage that one time, uh, no doubt, played at Rockland Community College. So I thought it would make perfect sense because it's a big place. and yeah. oh, He could play there, you know. But. Or
1: Ramaphol. I mean, Ramaphol has something. I know Ramaphol has shows, but I don't think I ever I don't think I ever went to a Ramapo show. And I went to Ramapo. Yeah. But before Bulldoze, we heard from the Drowning Room. I, ch- I never really got into them either. I mean, I, I always saw them. I don't know if they... Did they break up, like, early 90s or late 90s?
0: It was weird because they were kind of in that, like, NIAX scene. And I remember, like, they had all these, like, different side bands where it was basically the entire band except for one person. So I think, like, I remember seeing them when they were my own worst enemy. And then there was another side split band of that. But I actually just found my old inner damn Drowning Room and eye-to-eye seven inches.
1: Wow, well, you kept all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked I still have it, too. I'm like, I, every once in a while, I get like a C, CD stack of, of promos. I'm like, all right, I just need to get out of my apartment. And I just like would sell them or something. But like, what am I supposed to do with promos after a while? It's like, this just builds up. I'm like, I've, as you can see behind me, is like just Blu-rays and DVDs. But I mean, those are ones I want to keep. Yeah. So I mean, all the ones that I sold, too, is going to need another apartment just for promos. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to sell them. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with them? Throw them away? Send them back?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one store I went to in uh, down in the city.
1: Um, oh, they would sell the promos there?
0: Yeah. Everything was, the whole store was all promos.
1: I mean, that was like, yeah, they would call it imports or, yeah. I don't know if vintage vinyl sold promos, but if not, they probably would at least told you that, that it was.
0: No, there was a place in Rockland, though, Tapesville, USA, where they would, they would sell that stuff. <laughs> that-
1: Tapes. I can't believe that's coming back. Like Roger Root R- R- George gave me a tape. I'm like, I designed it for him, but I'm like, how? Oh, how are people going to listen to this? I have like a cassette that I do, use for like to, to to tape, but I guess that's the only way I can listen to it.
0: I think there was one band that said that they were putting out um, they were putting out their album on eight track only because they would have the highest selling eight track that year. Fucking idiots. <laughs>
1: Um, besides Inner Dam and Bulldoze and Drowning Room, we also heard from Jerk Magnet, another pop punk band, and Joey Strowing Elbows. Again, great name. <laughs> Have any other stories about Coheed or anything like that? I,
0: I mean, I don't know. It's just... It was just really interesting seeing them kind of come up. Like um, we did go to do the, the uh, Equal Vision Records showcase at CBGB's, which was a weird time because it was right after 9/11. And oh. they didn't quite announce the venue, so we didn't know where we were going. Plus, driving down there, like around that time period for anybody, it's not like from here. That was that was a that psychotic was weird time,
1: especially after 9/11. You would see the smoke for uh, oh, yeah. uh, after uh, you know after it happened for like a week, and then it just felt like. Until until maybe like five or six years ago, when they started building rebuilding it up, you know, it felt like a, something was completely missing in that area downtown.
0: Yeah, it's just weird. I, I you know, I, I guess maybe I lucked out by not going, but uh, I remember there was that incubus show that still was on. Like I think it was like what, that was, day or the fourteenth, or the fifteenth, oh. and they had it. And I heard it was like ridiculously hard to get into that show.
1: Yeah, I, it took me a while to get back into the city for that for shows. For, it felt a little weird and stuff. Well, it after was, that, but
0: it was weird because the band I was in at the time, the same one that opened for Coheed in Middletown, we had we played a battle of the bands on nine nine. I was a Sunday night, and it was at Lemoore's in Brooklyn so we didn't know we were just kids from you know like oh yeah part of the battle of bands you have to sell tickets so they got mad at us and we got to a point where i think it was like it was like twelve thirty at night and they're you know they're like you know how they usually say well you guys have like five minutes more they're like please stop <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up going back there because our friends were also in there and i remember we had to navigate around ground zero because it's not like you know you have like Maps or drive directions to say, Hey, by the way, this building was destroyed, so route around these streets. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah. A lot of roads were closed. You know. Let's wind down the show here. Um, but we're going to play some songs from two Albany bands, which I, we were having this discussion on Facebook. I mean, I guess Albany is considered Hudson Valley. I mean, Wikipedia says it is, but it's, yeah, it's, it's the start th- of it. We're going to play a band called can't say which they kind of they were they were a metal band then they kind of gradually turned into a ska punk kind of band um but they had like two albums out and they're really good i never saw them live because i think they broke up before i got into ska or just right around it um but they never really played any of the shows that i you know that i went to um I besides say i saw them yeah you can't say <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll add that in later and then One King Down, which I've seen them, I think, one or two times, like, at The Chance or CCs. I was always with my my two clubs was CCs and and The Chance.
0: Well, the first, the first, like, I guess, real show, well, I saw Typo there, I guess, in 97, so I guess that's real, but I guess my first, like, hardcore proper show I saw was One King Down with John Peters. Yeah, I think it was John Peters who was the who was the vocalist at the time because Rob Fusco had left, and uh, also on the bill was Candaria, Earth Crisis. and have seen Hate
1: that was so weird. Canderia shows like the chances like people were, like beating the shit out of each other, and then next be kind of dancing when they get into the jazz rips. The jazz? The, it was like. <laughs> But yeah, Haypreet and All Out War and all those kind of shows and stuff at the Chance were the best. Um, I don't remember if I saw Madball. Yeah, I've seen Madball. Things.
0: Yeah, I saw Madball at the Chance with, with Earth Crisis one time. I think Scarhead played that show too and uh, they came out and they're like, hey, any of y'all have any coke? Man, you all must be here to Earth Crisis.
1: Scarhead. Yeah, I saw them as CCs. It's... <laughs> It just felt like I was like going to get shot at one of their shows. <laughs> I don't know
0: what. Do. Well, they just played on the. They just did like one of those uh, harbor cruises with Hatebreed. Oh, I don't know how that worked out.
1: I know I'm not a fan of the rocks off like those cruises. I mean, I, I I get people like it, but for as a photographer, I, I can't see the band but half the time. I, I would have to get up way up close, especially for a hardcore show. shows. Not happening. Well, I thought like, even Hate- for a ska show, it was tough. I thought,
0: like, hate you, know, they'd be like, you're awaits away to you. The next thing, you get pushed over the side of the boat.
1: The only one I went on was was Mephiscopheles and in, Inspector 7 at, in Halloween. And everyone's, like, going, like, let's go this way. And everyone run that way and try to tip the fucking boat over. I'm, like, I'm like, like a couple of weeks ago, I went on the ferry with my, my family, and I'm, like, almost threw up. I'm, like... It was. It was not when it was moving. When it was sitting still, is when I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a new uh-huh. New York
0: hardcore move." The C sec, you just you just vomit. <laughs> <the pet. laughs> They're supposed to be doing more. I mean, I think Municipal Waste also did one of those too. But I think Hey Breed, uh, Jamie Joster was saying on this podcast that he wants to do another one next year, maybe with Crown of Thorns or maybe. He keeps talking about like doing this Class of 98 show with like a bunch of bands. Like apparently VOD isn't playing shows again because I think the singer got a better job.
1: What do you mean a better job? Like at a full time job or like. I don't well, know. Well, the band is not full time. Yeah, so. it's
0: some kind of job that prevents them from playing three shows a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't, man. I got to work. I'm like, all right, okay. Besides, can't say, and one king down. We'll finish it up with uh, Coheed and Cambria. This was a bit of a different departure from what we usually do on the podcast, but. It- Yeah, thanks for stopping by and you're way back to Providence.
0: Well, Uh, it was interesting when you you said you were going to play this song because like, when I I first heard it, you know, to do the podcast here, I was like, you know, I thought about the first line of that song. It's like, New Jersey bound.
1: Yeah, it's like the only song I really know from Cogheed. I'm like, honestly, like I... Never really listened to them. My friends would listen to like this one, The Devil in New Jersey. Um, I mean,
0: I've followed them for like most of their career, but they kind of got weird maybe like two albums ago for me. So, but uh, I heard one of the new songs, I guess, for the thing that's coming out in September. It sounds like it's like a return back to form. So oh. I guess I can hop back on the train and be like, yeah, hey, I've been here since day one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I hope you enjoyed our ramblings and playing somewhat good music of the Hudson Valley. I know, I felt like it I know you know, I grew up here. I wanna you know, give something back to the bands that I listened to, you know, either voluntarily or or like being forced to listen to it because they opened up for a band I wanted to go see. But um you know, I wanted to give back to Hudson Valley since that's my area. Yeah. So Uh, In a few days on Saturday, I'm going to have a podcast that's going to be dedicated to my dad. Uh, I'm going to be playing a lot of classic rock and some ska and some oldies. So that should be a fun episode if you're into that. If not, I totally understand if you don't want to listen to it uh, since you can just listen to it on the radio. But trust me, it's some good music. All right. So great episode and have a good one, everyone.
0: Bye. Peace out.